0: Hey everyone, and welcome to Detroit Today on 101.9 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks for joining us. Happy opening day to everyone, a little later in the year than we're used to, and a much shortened season, but the spirit is still very much alive, and our Tigers, who started the season in Cincinnati Last week, come home today for the home opener, and I am just as excited as I normally would be. I am rocking my Gates Brown Tigers jersey. I only own two Tigers jerseys. One is that of Gates Brown. The other is Al Lines. I have the Gates Brown on today because uh, it's one. Of the, it's uh, the, what I want to show my the, the way I want to show my spirit for for the Tigers, and uh, of course for Gates, who was one of the first black players to uh, play for the Tigers. We were one of the last teams to integrate in the MLB and it's really important, I think, to remember those players who blazed that trail in the 1950s and 60s to make this an integrated team. Anyway, everyone who is paying attention, have a great time. If you are going out and tailgating, do it safely. Wear a mask and try to distance from the other fans that uh, you are encountering. Up first today, Michigan is soon going to redraw all of its congressional and legislative lines after the 2020 census is complete. And it's going to be the first time we've gone through this process using a voter-approved independent redistricting commission instead of leaving the process in the hands of our state legislature. That is a big test of whether lines can be drawn more fairly and with limited political influence. The first step is trying to select the 13 people who will sit on that commission, which is supposed to be made up of four Democrats, four Republicans, and five Independents. Right now, we're down to 200 finalists for those positions. Reporter Craig Mauger of the Detroit News recently did a deep dive into who these finalists are, and some of his findings were pretty wild. Craig Mauger joins us now. To talk about that. Craig, welcome back to Detroit Today.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: So what are some of your biggest takeaways from this look into the 200 finalists?
1: Well, I would say there there are a few. One, I mean, I would note from the beginning that this is a really transparent process and that anyone can go onto the Secretary of State's website and look up the 200 semifinalist names, how they answered a, a, a variety of questions on their applications, and kind of get a read on who these people are. Uh, number two, and my takeaways would be that there are a handful of people among these 200. Uh, you know, 9,000 people applied to be one of these 200 semifinals, and there are a handful of the people among these individuals that actually don't want to be on the commission somehow. These people got an application, and they thought that they had to fill it out and turn it back in, and now they're one of the 200 semifinals with no actual desire to be on the commission. (laughs) And my third takeaway would be that there's a number of people here who had to make a determination of where they classify themselves. Do they see themselves as a Democrat? Do they see themselves as a Republican? Um, do they see themselves as non-affiliated? And I think there there are people among this group that had a challenging t-
0: time trying
1: to decipher
0: that. So, so one of the things that's really interesting to me is this concept of balance and independence. It says that there will be four Democrats, four Republicans, and five independents on this commission. How do they determine, though, that people are what they say they are? And how much of a Republican or a Democrat can you be and still be on the commission?
1: That's a great question. I mean, it's it's very murky. It's up to the applicants themselves, basically, to self-identify. Do I view myself as affiliated with the Democratic Party? Do I view myself as affiliated with the Republican Party? Or do I myself as non-affiliated. And when I I talked to about a dozen of these individuals, they all had different views on how they arrived at the decision that they made. Some said, you know, I kind of think I'm non-affiliated, but I also usually support Democrats, so I said I was a Democrat. Some said, I kind of see myself as non-affiliated, although I have financially contributed to only Democrats, so I'm going to say I'm non-affiliated. So it's a very gray area in all of this, and really the safe. Safeguard in place to make sure that people are abiding by maybe what their true beliefs are is that legislative leaders, the four legislative leaders in Lansing, get to um, basically reject 20 of these nominees. And, and it's very likely that they're going to be rejecting the people who are the most partisan, maybe people who are signing up as non affiliated, but have actually only financially supported one side or the other.
0: Mm. So you also write about Mark. Zausmer who is listed as an independent but has made some significant political contributions in the past including to Secretary of State Jocelyn Benson who's a democrat could could that become an issue that is seen as a conflict of interest he's also made political contributions to some other politicians and maybe he figures on balance he he doesn't favor one side over the other but but could things like political contributions complicate people's candidacy for those for these seats
1: i think in the eyes of uh, of republicans they've definitely grabbed onto that fact that mark zossner has supported a number of democrats including the secretary of state and they they say you know this panel is supposed to be you know citizen-led how are these political donors getting through and to mr zossner's credit i mean he said that he supports candidates and not parties Overall, he's given $35,000 in campaign contributions out since the beginning of 2010. So it's interesting the number of political donors that are among this group. Uh, I I would say I think we ran 80, all 80 of the non-affiliated semifinalist names through the campaign finance database, and it was something like 10% of them have made political contributions to one side or another, and that, that, that is much a much higher percentage than if you you know ran the, just everyone in the public's name through the database. So it, it is a politically involved group and, and these contributions, I'm sure, are something that the legislative leaders are combing through to figure out whose name to reject um, when they get the ability to do that.
0: Hmm. I'm talking with Craig Mauger, who covers state government and politics for the Detroit News. We're talking about a story he wrote recently that took a deep dive into the backgrounds of the 200 finalists, semi-finalists, actually, for the state's redistricting commission. We're talking about how difficult it is and how difficult it is going to be uh, to to create a commission that is balanced and that is not. Heavily political in one direction or another. for uh, Forever here in the state of Michigan, we've allowed the state legislature to redraw our lines every 10 years after the decennial census. And lawmakers, of course, use their own political points of view to figure out ways to give themselves and their parties an advantage in that process. Our new process says... That won't be the top of mind anymore, that uh, other kinds of considerations should win the day in those discussions. Uh, is that possible? Is it going to work? Is, are we going to have uh, some growing pains as this is the first time that we've done this? If you would like to join the conversation, give us a call and tell us how much confidence you have in the new redistricting commission to redraw Michigan's political lines. How do you hope that process is going to go? And what kinds of people do you hope to see serving on the commission? I think that's a really important question. What kind of people do you think could be on a commission like this that would give you the kind of certainty that you're looking for, that this is a nonpartisan process, that somehow this is going to look different than what we have done in the past? We'd especially like to hear from you if you're somebody— who applied to be part of this commission tell us why uh, tell us what the process has been like are you one of the 200 finalists who uh, the semifinalists who are going to, to wind up uh, one of you know some group of them will wind up being on this commission give us an idea of what that experience has been like as always the number here on the phones is three one three five seven seven. 1019, that's 313 577 1019. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page and put comments there, or you can go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today, and uh, we will try to work you into the conversation. Uh, Craig, I want to talk a little about where the process goes from here and the kinds of people that you think will be weeded out. In other words, the people who won't make it onto the commission because they don't quite meet the criteria. We, we keep narrowing the field, and the idea, I'm sure, is some sort of refinement so that we get closer and closer to that ideal. But I'm not sure people really understand how the process works from this point and, and what kinds of things they will be looking at to determine who can't serve on the commission and who can
1: yeah, that's a good question. So there are 200 semifinalists uh, sitting in this pool right now. And the four legislative leaders, the House Speaker, the House Minority Leader, the Senate Majority Leader, and the Senate Minority Leader, will each get to basically cross off, reject five semifinalists. So that could be 20 of the, the 200 uh, will be rejected, leaving the state with 180 um, individuals remaining. And then from those 180, it will be a randomized process uh, sometime in mid-August to select the final 13. So, I mean, we found a number of people who either didn't want to serve or, or had some, you know, questionable political contributions compared to what they were identifying there political ideology as. And, uh, you know, it, it's very likely that some of these individuals will get through because the legislative leaders only get to cross off 20. So that's going to be an interesting dynamic.
0: And and are there are there ways that after we do this, after we come up with the 13 who should be on the commission, that you could end up changing it anyway? In other words, Are there challenges that could be mounted to this commission once it's formed? We've seen Republicans go to court a few times already to try to stop this process because they think that the entire process itself is unconstitutional or violates uh, state laws. Uh, Is this something that we will be fighting about going into next year uh, in anticipation of drawing these lines? I
1: I mean, I think a legal challenge to so much of the minutiae of how this process is working is always a possibility. I mean, I know of nothing that I've talked to sources who said, you know, this is going to come down a pike at some point in terms of a lawsuit. But I I think that that's always a possibility, depending on how how this works out, that there will be more um, legal fighting um, when it comes to the final 13, you know, if there's a commissioner who makes it through the randomized process who doesn't want to serve and it basically doesn't uh, want to do his or her uh, duty as serving on this commission, I mean, this is a paid position where you have uh, certain uh, duties you have to perform, that person can be thrown off the commission by, I think, super majorities of the other commission members based on their ideology. So you'd have to have people from each Uh, segment republican democrat and non-affiliating voting to uh, throw the person off the panel so that that's another recourse that is sitting there in case someone gets on the panel and actually doesn't show up at all. Hmm.
0: Uh, Guy in Auburn Hills could not stay on the line but called to say that big donors have no place on the commission Uh, talk about that as a as a rule in other words if you're a big donor, even if you're a big donor to both parties, why, why should you be able to, to be part of, of this commission, this nonpartisan or, or less partisan commission?
1: Yeah, that in, I talked to a, a former redistricting commissioner from California who's kind of been involved in uh, informing the public about how Michigan's process is going to work. And she was telling me that in California, there's actually a ban on large political donors being on uh the redistricting commission so here in michigan that is not one of the exemptions that we have in place we have uh, bans on people who are lobbyists or consultants or members of one of the two state parties and people who held elected partisan office can't can't serve but they did not put in uh, a ban on people who were political donors so we're seeing a lot of individuals who have given some level of political money to candidates uh, in this final final group and uh, and it will be very fascinating to see if the legislative leaders focus on those individuals when it comes to striking people from the list.
0: Yeah, it's also, it's also interesting to think of this f- group of five independent commissioners on the Redistricting Commission and how they're defined. It seems to me that that's maybe more critical, in fact, than defining who the Democrats or the Republicans are, making sure... That the largest group, the plurality of the commission, is actually independent, is the thing that I would think people would be more focused on. In other words, to make sure that that you're not sneaking a, a partisan from one party or the other onto the commission in the guise of being of being independent.
1: Yeah, and there 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 are some individuals among the 80 semifinalists for the independent positions that. Have uh, you know partisan track records of making political contributions? At least there were at least two individuals that had made an array of contributions to just uh, the Democratic uh, just Democratic candidates who identified themselves as non-affiliated. One of them is a guy named uh, by the name of Bill Long from Ludington. He had made a number of contributions to his local county Democratic Party. He had supported Mark Schauer, the Democratic nominee for governor in 2014, and when I was talking to Bill, he he basically said, you know, yeah, I made these contributions a few years ago, but I haven't made contributions recently, and I honestly don't see myself as affiliated as the the kind of application that I don't see myself as affiliated with the party. And then there were other individuals who basically said the same thing that, you know, I made some contributions to the county party, I, I vote for candidates on both sides of the aisle, but... You know, I, I'm probably more Democrat than I am Republican, so I put down that uh, that I'm a Democrat. So there, there's really a gray area here among, how, among these individuals and how they interpret their own party affiliations. And, and keep in mind that there are states where you have to register as either a Democrat or Republican when you go vote in primary elections. We don't have that here in Michigan. So it becomes a bit more challenging to figure out how to do a partisan uh, kind of breakdown on a, on a panel like this redistricting
0: commission. Okay, Craig Mauger covers state government and politics for the Detroit News. Really great to have you here with us on Detroit Today to explain this to listeners as we get further into this process. Thanks for being with us.
1: Hey, thank you for having me.
0: And you can check out Craig's coverage of this issue at debtnews.com, where they are covering all of the process to leading to the selection of our redistricting commission, our first redistricting commission here in the state of Michigan. All right, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to take a look at a story in Crane's Detroit Business that takes an in-depth look at where Detroit police officers actually live. Should residency be part of the equation when it comes to hiring police officers? We'll talk about it next. Stay with us on Detroit Today.